name we pray. Amen. We're glad that you're here this morning, whether you're here online, uh, watching on YouTube, uh, down in the overflow. We've got a nice crowd down in the overflow or here in the sanctuary, the main sanctuary. We are glad that you are here. Now, there's something that I need to, to let those uh, in the overflow know and those uh, that are watching at home on, on YouTube. We are having communion this morning. So particularly if you're at home, uh, you can get your elements together together. I'm starting off great. Um, great song, by the way. I, I appreciate uh, that, that ministry and, and song. Um, so get your juice and your bread ready. We'll do this at the end part uh, of the message. Uh, for those of you who are in the overflow, uh, at the appropriate time, you can get up and your, your little cups that look something like this, I want to be careful, uh, are at the back. They're on that little uh, freestanding bar in the back. That's for those in the overflow for you guys here in the sanctuary, you'll find them uh, on the stools on the sides when we get to that point. But just want to let you know, especially for those of you who are at home, um, you, can, you can get your stuff together. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Get your stuff together. That's why we came to church anyway, isn't it? Uh, we came because some of us need to get our stuff together. And the cool thing is we don't have to do that. God will take care of that for us. We're in a series in Luke. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. And I like to say it that way because really it's not the gospel of Luke. That's the way we normally say that. It's not the good news of Luke. It's the good news of Jesus. Jesus is the good news. In fact, we talked last week about if we leave Jesus out, there's nothing left. Without Jesus, there is no gospel and John the Baptist got that. And, and so uh, th- this is, this is a, a really fun, I just love going through this series. This has been fun for me. I hope it has for you as well. But John began his ministry uh, really uh, in, in our, our Bibles just two weeks ago. And then last week he made sure that people knew because as John was preaching and he didn't hold anything back. You brood of vipers. You remember that? That was how he started out. You snakes. Who warned you? So um, he, he, was not, he wasn't one to mess around much. He just got to the meat uh, of the message. And they began to wonder. Uh, last week we talked about this. They began to wonder, could this be the Messiah? The, the way this guy preaches with power, could this be the Messiah? Is this who we've been waiting for? And he was quick to tell them, I am not he. There's one who comes after me, and, and I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. The, the, that, that's the lowest of the low of the slave's job, the servants. The servant, the low servant, would wash the feet, but he wasn't even worthy, he said, to untie Jesus' sandals so that the other low servant could wash his feet. And, and so John made sure that, that we knew right away that he was not the Christ, that there was one who was coming after him. And, and we talked about that last week, that if we leave Jesus out of it, there's nothing left. Without Jesus, there is no gospel. And, and we live in a culture that says, you can talk about God, you can talk about the universe, you can talk about fate, you can talk about luck, you can, you, you can mention all these general things, but don't talk about Jesus in the workplace. Don't talk about Jesus at school. Don't talk about Jesus in the public square or government. And, and what we talked about and what we have to remember that is if we leave Jesus out, there's nothing left. And, and so today, uh, John just really began his ministry for us two weeks ago. 
uh, in, in Luke chapter 3. And, and today we're going to look at Luke chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. And we're going to see this is the end of John's ministry. <laughs> that was quick, wasn't it? Let me read uh, for you. This is Luke chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. Before I get there, they always forget to let you know first. Just in case some of you zone out or, or doze, or if you're down uh, in, if you're at home watching on YouTube, you might get up and get a cup of coffee. I don't want you to miss this. But we need to know that the big idea, here's the main thing that I want you to know today, that none of us know how much time we have. So we have to make the most of every opportunity to share the gospel. And so John just began his ministry and and now we see where his ministry basically ends john i'm sorry luke chapter 3 verse 18 so with many other exhortations that so not just you brood of vipers you know that's an exhortation i suppose you you bunch of snakes but with many other exhortations luke records for us he that is john preached good news the gospel to the people but herod the tetrarch who had been reproved by him, by John, for Herodias, that is, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things Herod had done, added this to them. He means he added this, that John was preaching a gospel that was offensive. You bunch of snakes, that kind of offensive. And he added all this, so all this added together, and it says he, that is Herod, locked up John in prison. End of John's ministry. Well, actually, I'm sure John ministered uh, in prison this is all we have of john's ministry and i look the other gospels are kind of the same way now now we're going to get next week we're talking about the baptism of jesus and it's like it's like luke kind of has a little flashback i think i think john was probably arrested shortly after the baptism of jesus and i think this for a couple of reasons one is that seems to be the sequence that we see in the gospels but also there would be no need for John to continue his ministry much into the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And we know Jesus' ministry began shortly after he was baptized. He went off to be tempted for 40 days, and then Jesus came and began his ministry. So John was arrested somewhere right around Jesus' baptism. But that was it. That, we, we don't have a whole lot of John's ministry except he came out with both barrels blazing. He came out of the chute not holding anything back. The first recorded words we have of John are, you brood of vipers, you bunch of snakes, who warned you? And so John's ministry, uh, let me just tell you a a few things that, that we know. We really don't know much. We know later he was beheaded by Herod, um, but because he, he kept calling Herod out, and his immorality, he kept calling Herod out for his sin. And, and, and so, we'll get that to there. But So John, this is basically the end of his ministry. We know three things, three things, there's a story behind that, um, about John's ministry. First, it is the most obvious, John's ministry was short. Um, th- this guy, this guy did not minister very long at all and, and, and i couldn't really find a good estimate you ever you ever try to go look and and you the question you're looking for they want to answer every other question but the one you're asking um they, they want to give dissertations i'm like i just want to know how long john was ministering but it wasn't very long at all john's ministry was short he didn't have much time maybe 
Maybe that's why he didn't pull any punches. Maybe that's why when John came out, he just let people have it. He knew that he didn't have long. So John's ministry was short. The second thing was John's ministry was focused. John just came out and said, he, it, it, you guys, we're not super fancy when we have meals at our house. So if, if you ever have a meal and, and there's meat and two or three vegetables, boy, we're doing it up big for you, okay? We, we, our, our meals are pretty simple. John, if you want to call his ministry, liken it to a meal, John just served the meat. He didn't have any veggies or any bread. He just served the meat. His ministry was really focused. He knew he didn't have much time, so he didn't hit a whole bunch of things. John's message was repent and get ready for the Messiah. Repent. He, he preached a baptism of repentance. And, and so we know just from what we have recorded that his ministry was focused. It didn't mean that there weren't a bunch of things he couldn't talk about. It just meant he knew he had very little time and he had to hit the thing. Sometimes I believe we, we kind of have to get back to that as a church. There are a whole bunch of things, and I know, and I always like listening to ideas. Uh, I believe there's wisdom in the counsel of many. That's like a Bible thing in Proverbs. So um, I, I believe that. So I love listening. It doesn't mean we can do everything, though. Uh, one of the ones that, that I, is a great ministry, I think it's amazing, and, and it's like a, a little, not, not a really a repair shop, but, but there, there's a church that that has a ministry they have men who are mechanics who are pretty handy with cars and kinds of things and and they do a ministry basically for single moms or or for for widows for for people it might be a guy and some of us aren't super handy with cars i i used to have a 73 chevy pickup and i could get me and angelo and a couple of buddies in between the engine and the firewall you had that much room in there that was before the emission stuff but but and so it was simple enough I could work on it. But before I started working on it, I would just smack my knuckles because I knew it was going to happen. Just go ahead and get the blood flowing and, and then go ahead and, and start working. I'm not crazy handy with cars, especially nowadays when you have to take the engine halfway apart to change the spark plug. But this church has a ministry of handy guys who are good with working on cars and they don't do overhauls or anything big. But but people can bring their cars there and, and maybe get their brakes replaced or or maybe get their oil changed or maybe get the spark plugs changed and, and air filter. Some of you don't know your car has an air filter, but it does. That's cool. But that's not really something that we do here. John's ministry was focused. He knew that he didn't have a lot of time and so he had to stick with the thing. Sometimes as a church, we need to ask ourselves this question, and as, just as Christians, if I can only do one thing, what is it? If, if there's only one thing I can do, whether it's because of time or whether it's because of resources or um, for some of us, it, a talent maybe, if I can only do one thing, what is it? I think John asked himself or the Holy Spirit impressed that upon him early before he began his ministry because john did one thing one thing and, and so his ministry was focused 
It was short, but it was focused. That's why it was so powerful. He didn't get distracted by a lot of stuff. And and remember, we said John was weird. He ate locusts. That wasn't a plant. It was a, a locust with wild honey. Some things I just don't have to try. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I have eaten a worm. Um, it's, it was prepared. It wasn't wiggling. Um, um, I, I've eaten a few strange things, but yeah, you know, locust, grasshopper, it, it's okay. John knew what he had to do, and that's all he did. That's all that we have recorded, that little bitty bit. He was focused and then the last thing we we know about john's ministry is it was timely i i love the story of esther for such a time as this for such a time as this john had a very particular ministry and that was to prepare the way for the messiah and so john knew his time and that was his time he couldn't wait uh, Jesus said, we, we said this a, a few weeks ago, but Jesus said to the disciples, you say there's still four months and then the harvest. I tell you that right now the harvest is ready. Right now the fields are white. John knew that that was his time and he took advantage of it. His ministry was timely. I, I want to read to you, this is in Ephesians. Paul writes this, and, and this, is, this is to us. We need we need this in in this day and age this is ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 paul says look carefully then how you walk now if you want to go and read really all of chapter 5 he's talking about the days that they found themselves in that 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 they were evil days he mentions that in verse 16 but they were evil days and he says look carefully then because of the time that you find yourself in look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise. I, I love, most of you know, I love languages, and so I like to dig into this, and no, I can't open my Greek New Testament and read from that. Um, I have to use the, the tools just like you would. But, but I look in here, and, because I, I wanted to understand what Paul was saying when he says, look carefully then. What he's saying is, look carefully means see rightly, see it like it is. And the idea is look to, to look around means to, to look over here and look over there, to look around. That's what the word means. And, and look around and examine what you see around you. To know what it is around you. Look carefully then how you walk. That is how you live, how you walk around. Look, pay close attention, Paul is saying, to your life, how you live your life. And do it so that you are living, walking is is the way he terms it here, but you are living as wise people, not as unwise, or we would say foolish. Unwise is really the literal. Be wise in the way you live. Know what is around you. And then he says what I, I think we really need to take to heart here. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil it's easy for us to get into this later kind of thing anybody have trouble with procrastinating well next week i'm going to start a class (laughs) 
Sometimes that's hard because we, we think we have time. I, I, I started cleaning out my shed a couple of days ago. And, and I got about halfway through. And, and, and then I put it off to the next day. And then I put it off to today. And I don't know, if it rains, I might wait till tomorrow. <laughs> we think that we, we, we can put it off. Paul says we don't need to live that way. We need to be wise about the times. We need to be wise about the way that we live. We need to understand that we have to make the best use of our time. To use our time wisely. The way I said it is making the most of the time that we have. Some of you got the email, and I won't say the name. Um, but, but I got a call from someone who usually comes here um, in the summer. And, and they're sending him home, I'm, I'm assuming he's home now, for hospice. They said, that's it, that's all we can do. We need to make the best use of the time we have. And, and let me give you three reasons. One is, we don't know how much time we have. We just don't know. I, God never promised us tomorrow. In fact, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Every day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> you ever heard, don't, don't beg trouble, you know, don't borrow trouble. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Every day has enough problems of its own. What, what Jesus is helping us to understand is right now is what God has given us to use. We don't know how much time we have. Now, now some of us are, are maybe in the middle of life. Man, if I'm in the middle of life, I'm going to be the longest-lived person in my family. Okay, some of us are a little bit over the middle part of life. Some, some are still young. You, you guys have a, your whole life ahead of you, we, we would say. And some of you don't. Some of us are not as young as we used to be. The truth is, out of everyone watching on YouTube, out of everyone watching in the overflow, and out of all of you right here, we don't know. We have exactly the same amount of time guaranteed to us, and that is right now. We don't know how much time we have. The, the, second, the second reason is we don't know how much time they have, the people around us that God has called us to minister to. We, we think, oh, next time I see them. When they come back next summer. Now, this guy is a believer, by the way, if that gives you any comfort. But, but we, we think, oh, next time, later. We don't know how much time the other people have that God has called us to minister to. We just don't know. We assume, but we are wrong so often. And then finally, we don't know how long the window of opportunity will be open to share the gospel. We just don't know. Right now is all we have. If God gives us another right now tomorrow, then, then we'll thank him for it. But right now is all we have. And, and we need to make the most of the time that God has given us. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until you see them again. This may be all we have. This moment right now, this opportunity right now may be all we have. 
one of my favorite scenes in Iron Man. I know that deep theological movie. <laughs> if you like the Marvel Universe at all, that was the first one. One of the one of the my favorite scenes in Iron Man is where uh, Jensen was the guy that was helping um, Tony Stark get out of the cave, and Jensen got shot. Tony's trying to drag him. He says, "No, this was this was always the plan." But then he says something to to Tony Stark that that when I was watching the movie just struck me in the heart. He said, "Don't waste it. This opportunity that you have, don't waste it." There's a movie called Facing the Giants that has a particularly poignant scene I want you to watch. Hey, that's not even funny, dude. <laughs> So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. 50. I can go the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 
30 more steps! You keep going, Brock! Come on! Keep going! Burn! And let it burn! It's burning! It's so hard! You keep going, Brock! Come on! Come on! Keep going! You promised me your best! Your best! Don't stop! Keep going! It's hard! It's not too hard! You keep going! Come on, Brock! Give me more! Give me more! Keep going! 20 more steps! 20 more! Keep going, Brock! Give me your best! Let's go to the city, I'll have him more. Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach. What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. Let us not grow weary in doing right. good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. We need to know this. Our time is short. All we have is right now. It'd be nice if we had tomorrow. But all we're guaranteed is the moment that we are in right now. Just like John's ministry was focused, we need to be focused. I know, I know there are so many distractions in the world. It, you're cleaning out the shed and it starts to rain. Well, I have to put that off. <laughs> Tomorrow comes and you're tired. Well, there's always the next day. Sunday comes and you need a nap. <laughs> There's always Monday, right? You don't know that. We need to be laser focused in what it is that God has called us to do. And, and I would say that if there was one thing, one thing that we have to do, it is to share the gospel with those around us. If that's the only thing we can do, that's what we need to be doing. We need 
to realize that God has put us at this place in this area for this time. Let me encourage you. Let me challenge you to pray this prayer. Lord, use me up for the gospel's sake. One reason I love that video clip so much is that he was challenged to give everything he had. And, and rather, than, rather than look ahead and think, oh, I only have to go to that point, or I have to go to that point, the coach was very wise in putting a blindfold on him because we don't know where the end, where the finish line is for us. Let me challenge you to pray this prayer with me. God, use me up for the gospel's sake. Let me pray for us. Father, you, you have called us. And I know, God, there are times that we get weary, times that we are tired. And, and Lord, the encouragement that we have from your word is, is to, to not grow weary in doing good. For if we, if we keep on, then we will reap the harvest in due time. Father, I believe that the time for us may be short. The window of opportunity and the people that you've called us to share with may be, may be closing. God, would you give us the courage and the boldness to be that voice of truth, to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that desperately needs it. And Father, if there's anyone listening or watching today or, or anyone here, Father, that, that is putting off giving their life to Christ, Lord, would you just convict them that now is the time, today is the day of salvation. And Father, would you just draw them to you, bring them to faith in Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.